You're listening to Comedy Central. Dr. Tegnell, thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Social Distancing Show. You are chatting to us from a train station right now, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. A uh, train station in Stockholm, Sweden. Okay. Are you, do you, are you commuting? Are you, are you still out and about? Yes, I'm commuting from my home, which is in Linköping, a town some 200 kilometers to the south. Okay. Um, Sweden is an interesting outlier in the world where most countries in the world have decided to completely lock everything down, keep people indoors and shut down the country. Sweden has gone for a different approach. Sweden has decided to keep the country fairly open, but require citizens to social distance themselves, to remain responsible, to limit gatherings to below 50 people. And, and I think, you know, like older people are meant to stay at home, etc. Tell me, about what Sweden is doing, and then, and then would you mind explaining to me how Sweden came to that decision to do it differently to everyone else in the world? No, but you, I think you have made a fair description. Instead of closing it down completely, we have tried to look at different situations where we know that the spread is most dangerous, like in restaurants. And then we have regulated saying restaurants, you have to see to that you're not crowded. You can no longer serve in bars, so people sit very close together for a long time. You need to have a social distance between people, so one and a half, two meters between people sitting down. And all of those kind of things, we put a lot of responsibility on the restaurant owners. Uh, another one is that we have told everybody to stay home if they feel ill in the morning. Even if only slightly ill, stay, stay at home. And uh, because, and financially, that's been okay since uh, nowadays you get paid, even if you stay home when you're sick from the very first day which the government changed very quickly. So it's, there is a great incentive of staying home if you feel a slight bit ill. And we have done a lot of things to limit the social context among the elderly, uh, giving advice to them to stay home and stuff like that. So instead of saying close down the whole society, we have looked at society and, and closed down the aspects of society where we think and we know from other diseases and from what we've seen in other countries, most of the disease but is done. And I think that has had a great effect in many ways. It has enabled our health system to keep on functioning. Uh, it has had other interesting effects, like over Easter, Swedish people travel a lot. Only 10% of the normal travel were done, which is a lot of change. Uh, our yearly epidemic of flu suddenly stopped when we instituted these measures in the middle of, a, of the normal way. Right, so in that, right. in that way, it's, uh, it's worked. And we have used sort of what we normally use in Sweden when it comes to public health. And that's really telling people to take responsibility and take uh, and sort of do the things they think will fit them the best in diminishing the threat to, to spread the disease to other people. And I think that's historically worked very well. Tell me about what's happening in Sweden. What have you seen from the numbers in and around the coronavirus? Uh, do, you, do you think Sweden has it under control? Do you think... Um, Sweden has seen the worst of it. I think in Sweden, like in many countries, it's different in different parts of Sweden, even if it's a small country. I mean, Stockholm and the surrounding areas, which is about half the population of Sweden, slightly less, uh, we have had quite a big number of people being ill in the last two months. Mm -hmm. While many other parts of Sweden, including the, the big cities on the West Coast and in the South, have had not very many cases at all so far. But in Stockholm and the surrounding area, we have had fair amount of cases. We think we're up to about a quarter of the population who has been infected so far. Um, that has been done in a fairly slow manner. So the number of cases have been fairly constant for at least one month by now, which means that the healthcare, who has transitioned a lot, changed a lot. They do 
very different things today than what they used to do. But they have been mm -hmm. kept on working and they have always been beds free. Everybody in Sweden who needs a hospital bed has gotten a hospital bed for COVID-19 or for other diseases. So it's mm -hmm. kept on working. And intensive care has even had at least 20% of the beds free at any given time. So in that respect, the strategy has been successful. We managed to keep the level of spread on a level below the threshold of the, of the health system, which I think is one very important part in any kind of strategy. People look at the numbers of countries around Sweden and they go, their, their, their death rates is far lower in terms of coronavirus. Sweden's numbers are higher. But then if you look at other countries like Italy and Spain, et cetera, they have higher numbers than Sweden. So, so when you say Sweden is successful, how do you measure that success? Are you just looking at the numbers of death or are you looking at it, at it holistically? What does that mean, Sweden is successful? I think we're trying to look at it holistically. And I'm not saying we were successful in all different ways. I mean, our death toll is really something we worry a lot about. And it's very much related to our elderly people's homes uh, who have proven to be extremely susceptible to this disease. And we know that there's a number of things quality-wise that needs to be addressed in those. And we are addressing them with, with a lot of other agencies involved. And we're seeing some improvements. But our death toll has very much to do with that. In other aspects, it's uh, many of the things that work, I think, reasonably well. And, and I think the, the good thing is that we've been able to keep schools open. Uh, keeping schools open is very important for children and children's health. We know that for sure. Uh, we have been able to keep a lot of people working. Uh, and We know that losing your work is very dangerous to your health. So we've been trying to take a slightly more holistic approach to this than, than maybe some other countries have done. There have been reports coming out saying that there will be herd immunity achieved, I think, in Stockholm, at least over the coming weeks. What does herd immunity mean for you? And what are you hoping herd immunity will achieve for Sweden? I think complete herd immunity, we're not sure <clears throat> any country will ever achieve because that means that the disease goes away. And I don't really see this disease going away. But even some immunity in the population, like the 20, 25 percent that we are reaching now, will have a great effect on the, on the speed of spread. So with that and the measures we have in place and, and with immunity going up, I think there is a possibility that we can ease down on some of the restrictions uh, otherwise that we have so that we, by the immunity level of the population, can have a, such a slow spread of the disease that, that the, the society can start work more or less normally again. Mm -hmm. I mean, some parts of it will always be at risk. I mean, people, elderly people will most likely be always be at risk for this kind of disease and so on. But many things we can then ease up a bit on. If, if somebody said to you, Dr. Tegnell, you know, your numbers, uh, we understand your, your methodology, we understand everything you're trying to do, but having tripled the death rates of countries like Norway and Denmark means that, you know, you've put some lives above other lives. D do you think that that's a decision epidemiologists slash governments need to make? Uh, is it an easy decision to make? I'm, I, you know, because I, I, I don't think anybody has the right answer in this regard, but, I, but I'd like to know, like, how you got, how you and your team got to that place where you said, you know what, it's worth the risk. We, we want kids to be in schools. We want people to still be working. And we understand that that might lead us to have a higher death toll initially. No, I don't think, we never really calculated with a higher death toll initially. I, I must say that's, that's not right. I mean, we oh. calculated the more people being sick, but the death toll really came as a surprise to us. We, we oh. really thought that our elderly homes would be much better at keeping the disease outside of them uh, than they actually been in here. 
not that Sweden is the only country with this problem. I mean, many countries in Europe have the problem with elderly homes. So obviously, it's very difficult to keep the disease away from them. And even if we're doing our best, it's not obviously not enough. Uh, so um, we are not putting anybody's <laughs> life above everybody else's lives. That's that's not the way we are working. Uh, we are really trying to trying to keep public health as right. good as possible in this troublesome time. That's really interesting because that's you know that's not how it's being reported in many places. I'm I'm glad you no I'm glad you said that. I uh, it's 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 interesting to hear it from somebody in Sweden who's part of this directly. Because Sweden is doing something differently, because populations around the world are getting agitated, because people are growing in, in unrest, there's protests, people feel they want to go back outside, they want to work, etc., etc., etc. People are now using Sweden as the example. If somebody said to you, Dr. Tegnell, people want to take Sweden's model and apply it to a country like America, would you have an opinion on that? Not really. I mean, I, I'm sure there are some things from Sweden that can be transferred to other countries and some things are not. I think some things will become increasingly clear. We are feeling more and more confident about closing schools. Mm -hmm. It's not something that's really going to be very effective for this kind of disease. It doesn't seem to be very much of a motor. Schools doesn't seem to be very much of a motor of this epidemic like it is in flu epidemics and so on. So some things uh, definitely building up the trust between the agency and the population uh, that we have in Sweden is something that takes a long time. Right. Uh, the trust level has always been high. Now it's increasing. We're up to 70, 80 percent of the population thinks we are doing a, a great job. Only like 5, 10 percent doubt that what we're doing. And we're even finding that people have more, better and better adherence to our uh, our guidance. I mean, more and more people are uh, keeping social distance and, and these kind of things, which is actually the opposite of what you see in other countries, where people are revolting against it. Here we see that people are more and more in line with what we want, want them to do. Right. Well, Doctor, thank you very much for your time. Um, I hope you catch that train and good luck with the rest of your fights against the virus. Good luck to you. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 